welcome everybody to Dark Feather Gaming. Uh, this is our gaming news podcast, and this week we're going to mix things up a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Tommy and Fat Gamer Jaff are not able to accompany us this week. So this week, uh, this of course is Thor, and I am here with Sasquatch Senpai. And we have and a Doc. guest visiting us this week. Doc, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and introduce Doc for us, Sasquatch. Well, I've known known Doc here for what, like a decade at this point. Easily it makes me feel I. That's the only way I can put it because for some reason, say ten years it makes it feel like a lot longer and makes me feel older. Really? Because I always uh, thought decade made it sound longer than ten years. I I was yeah, thinking I, about, I was thinking about it, and I just thought I don't know. I don't know why decade makes it feel shorter. Decades huh. only one third. What about ten, my life? Ten years just feels longer. What about century? Do you think century sounds longer or shorter than a hundred years? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just because I find that since that's an exact measurement of time, it's 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 more exact. It seems less because when oh yeah, so when I say century, that might mean like I don't know, one hundred and five years. Oh, like, oh or years. 95 years like dec- maybe yeah, someone maybe might say my, nine my, years and say a decade yeah my stupid perception of it no that makes <laughs> sense that's no it's, you, you know my side gig is philosophy so i always like to nitpick at things like that just to dig into people's brains so anyways <laughs> yeah i've known him for i've known him for long enough i've known him for a third of my life that sounds even longer that's um, true yeah uh we game on and off together uh destiny 2 being the biggest one actually i got him into the game and then i abandoned him with it yeah uh, <laughs> that's I what i did to you with final fantasy yeah yeah i played through all that and you were never on i know you started playing right when i hit my super busy area and yeah well, obviously there's one solution and that's you need to quit <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, I don't think I've actually played any fighting games with you. Um, we play we played Dragon Ball Fighters at the same time, just not together. Yeah, because uh, you got it for the wrong platform. I got it for the Switch, which is the perfect platform for that game. Let me tell you, it is, uh, it is the road trips platform at D and D platform. <laughs> the uh, the D pads on every variation of the controller I've used to try and play fighting games on Switch has been an awful experience. Yeah, so I hold the analog stick like an actual joystick when playing fighting games, so I get a little I, different experience out of it. I have a Switch Lite. And yeah. that doesn't work too well. The, oh, well. The, the stick is like... tiny. <laughs> it's because he bought the sad Switch. <laughs> It was a gift. I didn't buy it. Okay. All right. You've got the sad gift. (laughs) No offense to the person who gifted it if they hear this. It's a lovely (laughs) gift. And I do love it. It's just for fighting games, I'd I'd rather just stick to something I can plug an arcade stick into. Mm. Makes sense. And uh, that's something you also do. Aside from Destiny 2, you play a lot of fighting games. Um, Guilty Gear, I think, currently... Yep, playing a lot of Vexard. Uh, participated in a beginners tournament last week. Came in ninth. Nice. You have to go back seven years, eight years to when I played a ton of seven years when I played a ton of fighting games, and it was Street Fighter Four and um, Street Fighter X Tekken, or is it Tekken X Street Fighter? I don't know. 
Street Fighter. The only one they made. It's, <laughs> I, I believe that the community calls it Cross Tekken. Yeah, it's supposed to be Cross. Um, I played as Team Korea, so Huang and uh, John. So I just kicked people in the face. That's all I did. I got really good at it. That's the only fighting game I got good at it, and then I stopped. <laughs> Unfortunately, from what I understand, it's uh, it's it's it got a balance patch that did not help. Mm, I usually fucks with netcode in fighting games. <laughs> yeah, and it, oh, it also has terrible netcode. Yeah, I'll have to try Guilty Gear. I like trying fighting games at least. Uh, it goes I do on find them enjoyable and. I, I enjoy them definitely a casual setting, so mm. Guilty Gear might not be your cup of tea. It's 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 among the more time to learn games. My casual setting is highly competitive for most people, so I should be okay. <laughs> it it it's got a slapping soundtrack. You'd like it. Some slap and eats. Slap right. and eats. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's dig in here. Uh, the first thing on our list is the Division Two getting a 100-story sk- uh, skyscraper mode. I don't yeah, know what the so, fuck that means, but I'm sure you'll explain it to us. Yes, I do know that one. So I played the hell out of the first Division, mm-hmm. um, which it's kind of funny because the first Division was about a virus spreading in the United States and across the world and causing a pandemic and the collapse of society. We're not quite <laughs> to the last part yet, but the world is working on it. We're getting there. Uh, <laughs> we're getting there. But uh, in the first division, there was a mode added called the underground, which essentially added like a replayable, um, a constantly replayable, ever shifting dungeon mode. So you'd go in it put together random different blocks of the game world in like a subway system for you. And then you play mm-hmm. through it. So it randomized the different sections or whatever the building blocks you could play through and have, you know, a varying experience over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the division two seriously lacked this. So the end game was kind of just like any end game really just doing raids and preset dungeons so you kind of got used to it mm. um nothing kind of has hit the wow level for some reason of just having you know rotating affixes across different difficulty levels like their mythic dungeons are which i don't know why that seems like it'd be something pretty simple to put in and test and kind of give longevity to different games like it's one of the things i detract from final fantasy 14 for mm-hmm. is just the kind of boring end game um, but that was happening here. There was just no end game. And they finally leaked the skyscraper. Um, it was in an alpha. It was in the, the PTR beta. Someone data mined the skyscraper. Um, it's not going to be called the skyscraper. It's going to be called Summit. Um, so you're going up through 100 different levels of a skyscraper, essentially, uh, that are randomly thrown together, uh, fighting different bosses. There'll be, there'll be elite bosses elite enemies which count as bosses every 10 floors um it does only go up to 100 so it'll go up in difficulty as you go up as well and you can restart every 10 floors as well so if it gets to something that's too hard for you you can just restart it's a bloody palace yeah it's uh it's just something that's been entirely missing from it um and i remember uh i have uh you play plus or whatever they're their subscription services and I got to the end game. There's just nothing to do. So after I played all the single player games, I felt like it on there. I just canceled it, but this might get me going back up with that is just, you know, mm. I'm a big fan of procedurally generated content. It just, it's not always perfect. There's definitely issues with it, but it just adds a lot more to a game. Yeah, for sure. Nice. 
Uh, looks like the next thing. Um, Indian government bans 118 Chinese apps, including PUBG Mobile. So, but wait for it. Fuck, Fuck China. China. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, this is in their response to the still in response to the skirmish on the Indian border where China said <laughs> India was a fault and India said China was a fault. But I think we can all just agree China was probably a fault. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're they've banned um, a lot of apps that are directly tied to Tencent, uh, which is directly tried to the CCP. So um, it has actually affected a lot of like their gaming scene as well, because PUBG is one of those online games. Same with uh, Fortnite. So those games are currently not available to Indian residents. And a lot of their gaming comes from mobile gaming. Um, Android phones are dirt cheap over there. Um, and that's where a lot of people do their gaming in India is on mobile phones on the go, not necessarily on the go, but at home. So it's kind of, it's not kind of, it is definitely affected not only um, PUBG's parent company or Epic Games in the case of Fortnite affected their income. It's also affected the people trying to play the games because those are just not available because a lot of mobile games are outsourced to China, to Chinese companies. Um, yeah. Like with uh, the uh, Pokemon MOBA. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, and not to, not to digress or not to digress too much, but I've just can some can either of you explain like how it even works to playing a game like that on mobile, like Fortnite or PUBG? I just can't even wrap my brain around it. Um, yeah, I, I have something to put here. Uh, back when Android phones first came out, my original Motorola Droid came with a demo for a first-person shooter that had graphics fairly comparable to like the Nintendo 64 era. And it ran pretty smooth, but the controls were garbage and I just couldn't play it. Well, and that's what I'm thinking is like, you'd have to, everything would just be flat on the screen there. You don't have any, I know it just feels like it'd be so fucking awkward to try and use the controls in a format like that. Yeah. I I can't even fathom it. Yeah, I can't. It was I couldn't even really adjust to playing like RuneScape on the mobile version. I, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty picky about mobile games, but I just some of those the controls I just can't understand how people even deal with it. I uh, I I tried using playing some old NES games on an emulator, thinking you know up down left right A and B. But those are the mm-hmm. only things you need, and, and you don't need like varying degrees of pressure sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Should should work out pretty well, right? You'd think, but you'd think, but <laughs> I I couldn't beat Kirby's Adventure. <laughs> like I, yeah. couldn't it, I couldn't make it through a level. <laughs> I remember trying to play an old Sonic game, and the input lag was so bad, and it was like an official release from Sega. You know what has really bad fucking input lag is the Final Fantasy VIII remaster on PS4. Ugh. fucking terrible and what makes it really terrible is because if you played it remember the uh, when you use the summons you have to tap the square button to boost them and oh, every now and then it'll flash yeah, the x yeah. you have to stop imagine doing that with like a 0.5 to 1.5 input lag it's fuck i won't even do it i won't even use the boost feature on guardian forces most of the time <laughs> it drives me fucking crazy I think the only game I struggled through playing entirely was uh, a mobile secret of Manaport, but I also have an issue with those games. So, mm. 
So speaking of mobile games, uh, some updates on my Pokemon Go Mega Evolution rant from last week. Um, I came out of the gate right when they uh, announced it with quite a few different misgivings for it. And the next day, the day we released the podcast, they actually addressed a lot of those issues because I wasn't alone in all of this stuff that was kind of ridiculous. And I mean, they, they, they've, I guess they found a pretty good middle ground. Some of the updates haven't rolled out fully yet, um, but some of their plans include um, making the mega energy requirement a little bit less, obviously. Um, and the amount you get from winning the mega raids will be increased. That has already been implemented. Some of the future ones, they're going to make it to where if you walk with your buddy, you can earn mega energy for them. Uh, they didn't really specify if that means, say, you're walking with a Charizard and you earn the Mega Evolution candy or if it has to be a Mega Evolved Charizard. I doubt that, but at this point, I wouldn't put anything past them. Um, they are going to – huh? Yeah, I've got a pretty major issue with the Mega Evolution. It's yeah. temporary. Yeah, that's another big thing. Is, is But that's, that's not too surprising since it's – kind of themed with the rest of the games that they have but it's um yeah i think that's kind of bullshit that you only get four hours you know but um they're they are for a week yeah on that one so you have to evolve a different one yeah yeah i'd have been okay with that but as a really casual player of the game i play like maybe one day a week i've got a friend we go out we catch some pokemon Mm -hmm. try to convince our 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 uh our Pokemon group to log in and do some remote raids with us. Yeah. But I have enough mega energy to evolve my B drill, but there's really no point. Yeah. And the only other thing they're doing, they're going to make it to where there'll be some research and breakthroughs and, and challenges that'll give some, but it's, I it's, it's something, but I think they could still do more. I think you're right. I think a lot of the problem isn't necessarily that it's temporary, but it's how short that temporary period is, especially because yeah, it kind of screws over the more casual players, people that aren't playing it every single day. Um, but we'll have to see how they roll out on it. Uh, the future updates haven't been released yet, so they might make some tweaking to them. We'll just have to see, but we'll keep everybody updated. Um, the <clears throat> next topic is going to be some Super Mario 3D. We have Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury, which was announced as well as the All-Stars rolled into 3 that has now been released. Yeah, so it was the, what is it, 35th anniversary of... Mm-hmm. Mario, um, and it was their special 35th uh, Super Mario Bros. 35th anniversary Nintendo Direct, which is their like, <clears throat> it's not even scheduled. It's just whenever they want to do something, updating their games. Um, mm-hmm. There are two separate games. Super Mario 3D Worlds is a uh, essentially remaster of the old Wii U game, and Bowser's Fury is like an add-on for it. Um, in respect to that game, they are creating two new amiibos for people who like to collect those or use those. There's a Neko Mario and Neko Peach amiibo. Those will be releasing with the game. Um, probably has something to do with Bowser's Fury because I don't remember the Neko suit being in 3D worlds. Um, and then the 3D All Stars <clears throat> is a bunch of older games that are being remastered. So you're getting. Uh, you're getting Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. So this is the big first uh, re-release of Mario Sunshine. 
and uh, Mario 64, as well as Galaxy. But Galaxy 2 also just came out, and Galaxy is probably one of the newer ones, and it's also well-received. And these are all really well-received uh, Mario games, and I actually one of the three of the few that I've actually enjoyed. Um, these are coming out um, September 18th, actually. So just a, a little over a week. And actually, about just a week after this airs. A week after air date, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure I also read that they are going to be limited release. So you do have a time limit to get them. Oh, yeah. That's the article. No, the games. Oh, shit. Yeah, so even digital. Um, what? This So the sales for them will be closing in March of next year. So it's oh. not limited as in a limited quantity. It's limited a limited Isn't time this... frame. Okay. So, yeah. so it's something sense. you probably don't want to sleep on. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And who, who's, who's trying to sleep on a Mario 64 for Switch? <laughs> uh, I'm more. I'm not going to sleep on a Sunshine remake <laughs> or re-release, I guess. Hmm. With Joy-Con compatibility, so updated controls. So you're not using a shitty ass. I don't even know what that 64 controller would be called, or the GameCube controller. Stuff's awful. I liked the GameCube controller. You're a monster. <laughs> it's, it's literally the best for Smash outside of the, the Smash box. <laughs> I I just like the Pro Controller. It works perfect. Doesn't feel right. And it's not Joy-Cons, so it's perfect. Joy-Cons are awful. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> I've never used them, but I've definitely heard that a lot. Don't try to play fighting games with them. <laughs> you will lose. They also have a huge um, mechanical issue called Joy-Con Drift, which Nintendo's in a huge, huge lawsuit over right now. Because it's an issue they knew about at release and never worked to resolve it. <laughs> nice. That doesn't seem very Nintendo. It does not, no. And it's something that don't talk about very often aside from once in a while sorry <laughs> go yeah. buy new ones have the same issue <laughs> apparently it's not even fixed on the switch light like i've i've been hesitant to even use the uh the thumbstick for anything uh just to not have that drift happen see that's even worse then because you can't remove and change those joy cons on there that you're just stuck with that at that point uh i've seen it done but apparently it's a very long, hard technical process that I am not qualified to make. And I'm sure voids your warranty. Probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next thing is some Call of Duty updates. Um, one of the main things is something that's been kind of teased and leaked. And we were all expecting a little bit, which is the nighttime mode for Warzone. And I think they call it, what do they call it? Nightfall mode. Nightfall is their night mode, yes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you enjoy having the night mode of maps, which I personally do, but also, like, RIP everyone's collective hard drives, <laughs> and, like, yeah, prepare to buy a separate hard drive just for Warzone, which I was thinking about that, too, and so you get into Cold War, like, 
it's going to cook into Warzone. So pretty soon that's going to become so demanding, just just having Warzone. <laughs> but um, other updates in that Call of Duty area for Cold War is that they have announced that Cold War will not only be cross-platform, but it'll be cross-generation play also. So if you buy Cold War on PC, PS4, PS5, xbox series x xbox one whatever yeah pc2 <laughs> what the fuck ever if you own cold war you will be able to play with anyone else playing cold war hard stop and that's pretty fucking cool i was a little salty yeah, that they that wouldn't let hard. you upgrade like a lot of them have been doing but it is nice that they'll at least let cross-generation happen and that's yeah, I mean that's not too unprecedented, um, but it's it's just it's really good to hear that they're doing that combined with the cross platform because that's just connecting everybody and that's fucking awesome. So I did I did also notice um, playing uh, Modern Warfare earlier. That's how it came out, and we reported on prior that there would not be a free upgrade for Cold War from old mm-hmm. generations to new generation to. The new, the current one. Yeah. When that rolls around, if you buy the ultimate edition, you do get a free upgrade. So for uh-huh. the extra whatever, twenty bucks, you'll get the you'll get the upgrade. Um, it's not a free upgrade like most games are doing right now. So you might just want to. What else do you get with it? A bunch of in-game bullshit. Mm. Does it come with any Call of Duty points? Uh, come on, man. This is active talking about hey okay no i bought the digital deluxe edition of black ops 4 and it came with like five thousand call of duty points i was fucking stoked yeah it was when they were first rolling them out so it was kind of a promotional thing too but useful with as many skins and stuff as you see right now in call of duty so do you recall in earlier podcasts how i talked about um if you do the battle passes right, you never have to repurchase any points. So if you buy some initial points, you can just keep waterfalling with them the whole time. Yeah, but I'm an anime skin whore, so it never works out. That will that's what I do, and that five thousand Call of Duty points I got for that was that's what I've been in that's where that waterfall is coming from. Ever since mm-hmm. then, I've never had to buy Call of Duty points because they've just been washing around themselves in the battle. And all I've ever really got with them was Battle Pass and a few different uh, skins that I really liked. But for the most part, just the Battle Passes and they just recycle themselves. So since I got that initial boost of them with the Deluxe Edition, and I think it was 5,000, it might have been 4,000 or 3,000 or 6,000, I don't know, but it was a few thousand. And ever since that initial boon of Call of Duty points, I've never actually had to get more so. If they do something like that with it, I would do it. What I meant was, did they have like a as robust of a skin store as Modern Warfare has currently? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. And it was uh, I was they had not only were they doing the battle pass, that's when they first started doing the battle pass system for when Black Ops 4. But they were also still doing the uh, loot boxes, too. I knew about the loot boxes, so. Mm. But yeah, their their battle pass system was it it was how they worked out the kinks. Uh, the very first one they put out, it had three hundred tiers, and a whole bunch of them were just blank with nothing. Um, it was really weird. But it, the the first that was season zero. The first season they kind of retuned it and worked the kinks out with all the complaints. So uh, it was a work in progress. But that's kind of where their battle pass thing started. Was in 
Black Ops 4. And I think that's why they gave that boon of points was to help people roll that out. So, but if, I mean, even if they gave just a, a you know, a thousand or two thousand, it would help make up that difference of the extra 20 bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as far as I looked into it, it was mostly just other random in game com content like skins, operator skins, whatnot that can be used in Warzone or the game, the base multiplayer game. So, do we know if they're going to do season passes again or if they're going to keep it like they did with this last Call of Duty where there's no season passes? They just kind of focus on the uh, battle pass and everyone gets a DLC uh, for free. I think it's going to be battle pass again because um, they did in their big multiplayer reveal talk about how there's going to be free maps and content rolling out as well. So I believe it's going to be the same sort of setup. Sweet. Um, which Sweet. has been a very successful setup for them. Um, it, it's it done good. I like it, too. It makes it lets people who play the game a lot feel like they're actually getting something out of it because of that progression. People like unlocking stuff. They like leveling up. It's just mm -hmm. inherent. It feels like progress. Yeah. And so they'll still have a huge skin store, cosmetic store. Mm -hmm. They'll have their battle pass and whatnot. Cool. So Lab Zero Games has laid off all of their staff, according to a former employee. Yes, so Lab Zero Games is the developer behind the rather popular Skullgirls fighting game franchise. Um, there was a issue going around uh, uh, recently where their owner was just laying off employees at random. It seemed that he was uh, just like picking and choosing who to lay on or off because they're having money issues who we didn't want to pay and whatnot. And it then came out from a former animator that uh, he had just released everybody, um, which is kind of sad because Schoolgirls was one of the few fighting games that I, I played and got into um, just mostly because of its art style. Its art style is very anime. So mm. yeah, it's a very cool, unique, art style um it's on every platform it's on phones there's a mobile version of it it's just everywhere and it's so it's notable also because it has rollback netcode that's very popular yes uh they've uh kept the ability to play online functional through many many patches and updates which cannot be said for most fighting games mm. <laughs> Um, however, while Lab Zero Games is now defunct and laid off its workforce, um, it seems that a new company is picking it up and working on the game in their stead, Autumn Games, and uh, their developer, Hidden Variable. So they picked this up. However, Lab Zero's upcoming game, Indivisible, which is like a side-scrolling brawler. There is no news on that. So that was their other game they were kind of working on, but there's no news on that being picked up by anybody, uh, which is kind of unfortunate because it also had one of the more unique st art styles you'd find in games anywhere nowadays because they've hand-animated everything in Skullgirls and in the upcoming Indivisible. So that's a lot of work to do, and it's always a really, really good way to play a game if it's hand-animated. Um, so that game's just kind of definitely in limbo while Skullgirls has moved on to a new developer who can hopefully do the entire series justice. Nice. 
right. And The Witcher 3 uh, is going to be coming. Or, yeah, no, sorry. The, next, the Mario Kart Live Home Circuit turns Mario Kart into an AR game is our next topic. So is that like a first person Mario Kart? In no. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure how it works, to be quite honest. Um, you use your Switch to pilot a physical cart with a camera on it around your living room. And it turns oh. it into a racetrack based on how it reads everything. Oh. So you get a large enough room and it creates a circuit for you and you drive the physical cart around. Um, it's kind of it, it's an extension of the Nintendo Nintendo Labs Nintendo Labs cardboard thing that they did for a while. Just kind of the next step for it is just creating Mario Kart out of it. All right, all right. So I'm yeah, switch to see if it has a camera on it. It does not. So no, the Switch doesn't use the camera. The cart has the camera on it, so it's like a little drone. And oh. you're, a bit, you're controlling a real cart around your whatever space you're playing in. So like a little toy remote RC car. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So this sounds like it can be a giant mess or a lot of fun. You can torment your pets. Maybe there'll be a racetrack obstacle. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it literally, it's strange. Um, who knows how it will work, but it's definitely one of the more unique ways Nintendo has decided to try to incorporate its IPs. Um, mm. Even more unique than, you know, how they started off with the whole motion control thing with the Wii. So, mm. How big is the uh, the little car going to be? I have no idea, but it supports four-player local co-op. So you have, four, sep you have like, four separate carts running around the same room. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, um, one of the other big unusual things is that it's an outside studio working on it, and Nintendo rarely, rarely ever lets an outside studio work with any of their main IPs. Yeah. Um, New York-based Velen Studios. Hmm. So this is definitely make or break for them. <laughs> hmm. Or set up to fail, one, one of the two. <laughs> Are they a second party or a third party? Uh, third party. Oh, wow. I hope they succeed, because this sounds cool and I'm interested. Alright, so it looks like the next... <laughs> The next thing now is The Witcher 3 on the next-gen consoles. Yeah, so it was just completely random that they announced they're uh, having free upgrades to the Xbox Series S oh. or X PS5, yeah. Oh, free upgrades! Free, yeah. Dude, that's fucking awesome! I'm stoked! So, that's... Yeah, Yay, um... things that affect me! <laughs> <laughs> so, it can be purchased brand new. Um, it is a complete edition as well. Uh, so it can be purchased brand new as well, or you get the free upgrade if you already own the game on PC, Xbox One, or PlayStation 5. Um, it It's not just like an upgrade to newer consoles for free. There's actually visual and technical improvements as well. So like the inclusion of ray tracing, um, speeding up low, uh, load times as well. Um, plus it's uh, no matter which version you own previously, you get all of the previous content that was released. Nice. That's actually so a really good marketing technique. Being badass. Yeah. Yeah. Why are they like winning everything? I think, um, what fucking country are they from? Norway? Sweden? I mean, um, Norway? Somewhere. They're Viking ish. <laughs> what, what are them Nordic region countries? It was a game. Um, well, wherever they are, they're the, 
they are the most profitable company in their entire country. They have more GDP than their country. <laughs> so yeah. uh, they are they are from Poland. Poland. They have more GDP as their company than the entire country of Poland, which isn't surprising. Wow. European countries are rather small. They're like the equivalent of a state over here. So, yeah. but I mean, it is rather impressive that a company in there is that a company is worth more than its entire state. But then again, I'm sure Amazon and Microsoft and Google are worth more than their respective states as well. Yeah, so, that's like, true. Whatever. <laughs> Very true. See, so the Digimon card or the Digimon trading card game is getting a reboot for the English version. This was actually the reboot part was news to me. I saw that they were coming out with a new card game. Uh, I was only pseudo aware until Sasquatch pointed it out that they had a card game previously. I do recall after looking at after seeing it, I remember the cards, but like it was long enough ago that I was I was pretty young and I. For some reason, I translated the Digimon cards as just collector cards, like baseball cards. I didn't translate them to like a Pokemon card game like Pokemon or or, I mean a trading card game like Pokemon or Magic or something like that. Um, But I wasn't huge into trading card games either. So I played Pokemon and that was about it. Well, I was and the game was trash. Well, apparently (laughs) it's got a bunch of updates run through it now. Yeah, it's been a popular game in Japan and other uh, Asian locales. Mm -hmm. So they're giving it another look here in the West. Um, So, yeah. Nice. If you were a fan of the awful card game (laughs) in the early parts of 2000, uh, you're in luck. Uh, But it's probably been it's probably been being updated a lot to Mm -hmm. be somewhat successful. So, yeah. And I'm hoping commercials for this card game right i'm not crazy (laughs) i remember there being a card game in one of the actual shows too they straight up had a card game but i thought it was just for the show (laughs) no i mean like the season three of digimon the like the characters played a a digimon card game in the real world um because it was a canonized like show um uh, that was kind of the, the the season three. They didn't really follow the same storyline as one and two, but one and two were TV shows in season three. So the, the human characters in season three played the Digimon card game and watched the TV show. And they even referenced some of the characters. Um, oh, wild. And and I, so I'm it was, watching like midway through season two, I'm pretty sure. Oh, OK. Yeah, no, it's it's it, it's pretty neat. One thing Digimon tended to um, the first two seasons connected, but then every season thereafter was kind of its own thing until the reboot. So um, I, I'm I'm really just hopeful though that when they roll the the card game out, that it comes with a digital version, like with the Pokemon trading card online and the Magic Arena and stuff like that. Yeah. Um... Who knows about its success rate over here, but as long as it has backing in one country, it can be successful. Yeah. Personally, I'm still waiting for the Duel Masters to come back west, which is Wizards of the Coast specific Japanese mm-hmm. uh, card game, but it's also a really weird card game. Uh, very dirty cards sometimes. So, <laughs> <laughs> but Digimon, I mean, it kind of makes sense with the huge reboot of the anime currently going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Why there have been a ton of Digimon memes recently? Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's actually the season's still airing. Yeah, they've totally rebooted the first season. Yeah. Um, it, is it on streaming oh, sites? Uh, Hulu. Oh, perfect. I have that. Uh, yep. 
Yeah, so Hulu is owned by Disney, and Disney actually bought Digimon like three years ago. So since Digimon owns, or since Disney owns Digimon, I'd, they put it on Hulu. I would have expected them to put it on Disney Plus, but that's a whole. Yeah, anyways, it's all, yeah, we've been over that. They've split that up stuff weird. Yeah. <laughs> but so, um, Rise of the Triad, a classic '90s first-person oh. shooter, is getting a remaster next year. God, I love this game back when I was a little kid, not supposed to be playing games where you can blow <laughs> people up into gibby little bloody bits with rocket launchers. Now, um, <laughs> not to get nitpicky, but is uh, per our definition, at least that we established in our videos previously, is this truly a remaster or is it um, like a remake? Um, this is a... Uh, I would say it is a remaster not a remake okay um, because they're keeping kind of the older style of it um while just upping the the, the source of the port so okay. i don't know if that means they're putting a built-in like emulator for the old mm -hmm. dos but it's essentially DOS. the same game just with updated assets more or less yeah they're also doing something about the multiplayer which was you know the typical 90s style quake arena shooter so if you like yeah. those it's game for you because you had weird guns you had like a a cross-based crossbow um, a literal crossbow you could become you could mm -hmm. get like powers of god and shock people or shoot fireballs or become a dog and bark people to death or <laughs> weird. weird game you were fighting a cult it was awesome <laughs> should not have been playing it as young as i was nice. um but it is by 3d realms um they are an older publisher uh so yeah um if you like those old style games like Doom or the original Doom or Wolfenstein or Blake Stone, another game by them, uh, they're they're getting a remake here shortly, a remaster. Nice. So nice. Uh, it's coming to the what is it? Uh, Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. Hmm. So see um so it looks like minecraft uh, psvr support is coming later this month yeah so this is specifically for the playstation the psvr hopefully gave that away and this was actually yeah. released by sony so um this is also coming along with the green light from sony giving this uh giving minecraft cross-platform play so you'll be able to play with friends hmm. on PC. This is just the Bedrock version, though, so you're not going to be uh, getting a ton of mods out of it. But mm -hmm. I mean, if you're playing Minecraft on a console, you don't really care about that, anyways. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. oh, that's cool. Um, apparently, have two VR modes: immersive and living room. So, nice. uh, living room is going to be one where it's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna suppose you're like wearing a headset that just puts a virtual screen in front of you, mm -hmm. a little more, obviously not immersive. <laughs> Maybe just more comfortable to lay back there in bed looking at it. You know, like there's a hundred inch screen, two inches from your nose. Yeah. But immersive will just be your typical VR experience where you move your head and you turn and look and whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that was just like a, a bit of a dump of Sony going more cross platform play with their games, um, which they were initially the ones to just kind of be against at the beginning of all that kind of spread of stuff here recently. So. Mm -hmm. Especially on a Microsoft-owned title, so yeah. Speaking of Microsoft, um, the long-awaited 
Uh, question of who is going to pull the trigger first, Xbox or PlayStation, has been answered, and Xbox is the one who has pulled that trigger. So they've finally released their prices. They now have officially released their prices, the release date, and the pre-order start date, whereas Sony has given us – wait for it – nothing! So well, I mean they only revealed their price because some other – company actually revealed it on accident but it was all correct i remember seeing this on twitter because immediately microsoft responded with the little monkey puppet looking left and then right and then revealing it so <laughs> nice. they just got out and they went with it yeah. <laughs> so um we as we know the release date is november 10th the pre-orders are going to start september 22nd so that's just a couple weeks away the Xbox Series X, which is their physical normal version, is going to be a whopping 500 bucks, And the Xbox Series S, which we were also introduced to as the Xbox Series Speaker, is going to be $300. Which this, I was sitting here all these weeks constantly going on about how it's only going to be a $50 difference. I don't I think it would be $100. $200 difference? What the fuck? If this was uh, Price is Right, I would have lost less. Yeah, like I get, I get it, I, but I mean, I, I don't know. That just seems insane. I, they, given though, from the specs I saw, the physical version, um, for some reason, the Xbox Series X has a larger hard drive than the Xbox Series S, which seems weird since you'd need more space with the S. But I'm guessing that it's less about it being a digital version and i think it's more about it being a light version you know what i mean so also in one of these articles if you go through it the s also only can output to 1440p so it's mm. not actually through 4k like the x okay so it's so it's just a light version essentially so yeah that's why it has a small that's why its core is smaller mm -hmm. it's uh graphics drivers are smaller that's why everything on it's smaller Hard drive wise, probably shouldn't be smaller, but, but I mean, people are going to, so, people need their external drives anyway, so they'll just port that over and use it. That's why such a big price difference. And so I'm actually wondering if with PlayStation, since there's not as much as a difference, it's mostly just about digital versus physical, there might not be as big of a price gap, which actually might end up in Xbox's favor because if, you know, they roll out PS5 for 500 and the digital version for 400 well that xbox series s might be a light version but it's still a hundred dollars cheaper than the cheapest playstation version so this could give them an edge <laughs> kind of um i mean it you know a, at least a little bit i could see i could see where their marketing team would be going with it at least sony would have to really push that hey this is exactly the same it's just missing an optical drive yeah um, they might drop it down 150 cheaper to try to kind of reduce some loss because i don't see those while they are, you know, 4K or 8K Blu-ray drives, I don't see them really accounting for $200 on that on the PS5. Oh. Now, to be fair, Sony owns the rights to Blu-ray, so mm -hmm. it's probably a lot cheaper for them to produce it. So, I mean, Microsoft, well, every time they sell a Blu-ray drive, money goes to Sony. Okay. So it might be cheaper for them. So it could might mm -hmm. get away with it. I don't think they want to go... There's no way they can do any more than... 399 for their digital version well, it has to be that or it's a bust well check this out though um i mean i don't know they, they i think it's still possible that sony could just you know decide fuck it 
pull a giant middle finger out and basically do a marketing version of zip flop. Oh my. And just make it exactly the same price. The digital version is $300 and they put in their marketing. Hey, ours doesn't sacrifice a bunch of shit and it's the same price point. And they've um, done shit like that before. No, I don't like that because that means that their games are less likely to come to PC as quickly. That's oh, that's that's true. Yeah, I mean it. It's in their interest to sell more consoles, and that would definitely do it. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I mean, they're still gonna. No matter what, though, companies don't make money off the consoles themselves to like five years in when they can actually manufacture them for cheap. Mm-hmm. So coming to PC with their stuff would still make more sense sooner rather than later. But I can kind of see to to drive a wedge in there and keep a huge share. They'll do that. But that market share means less and less as years go on, I think. Yeah. All right. So, um, breath of the wild prequel, Hyrule warriors, age of calamity is the next topic. So yeah. Um, two years ago we got Hyrule warriors, which was the, Legend of Zelda version of Dynasty Warriors, which is like you play as a big, huge hero, hacking and slashing your way through tiny peons of armies and then fighting a boss. Um, They actually announced a couple days ago, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Um, So it's a sequel to the original Hyrule Warriors, but it is also a prequel to the original Breath of the Wild. It is 100 years before Breath of the Wild set in the Age of Calamity, which is how the world ended up in its current state. Um, and this will be coming out before Breath of the Wild 2, which I believe was also just delayed. So uh, actually, yeah, it's coming out well before Breath of the Wild 2. It's coming out actually November 20th. So mm. oh, that's coming we have, yeah, we don't have a release date for Breath of the Wild 2, but uh, uh, Calamity, Age of Calamity, Hyrule Warriors is coming out here in what? Three months? Two months? Two months? Yeah, mm. two months, two 10 months. days. Yep. So if you enjoy that Dynasty Warriors style stuff, um, if you enjoy Legends of Zelda, it's definitely a game for you. It's also a fun, just mindless RPG. So that's always welcome yeah. as well. So a little bit more on PUBG. It seems that the game owner is distancing itself from Tencent. Yeah, so recently PUBG has started to get banned in, as we talked about earlier, with PUBG Mobile India. Um, but that also went for PUBG itself. So previously, the owners of PUBG, um, I can never remember the developer. I think it's just PUBG. I think it's just PUBG Dev. But uh, yeah, I don't know. they sold quite a few shares to Tencent um, to have, kind of get more backing and stuff. And personally, I think that was a huge mistake because the game became way more monetized. You had to spend $8 on a per key to get a shitty cosmetic box to unlock as you play through. And it was awful and dumb. And I just do not like it. We're sort of cosmetic thing you can do in games. But uh, yeah, so they're trying to distance themselves from Tencent now, um, which is, you know, the digital media arm of the CCP. Mm-hmm. And this will, they're hoping that this will get them back onto the market in, in places like uh, India or in case something here happens in the West with how Trump was going over blocking different stuff owned different mobile apps and whatnot. Um, that was previously said that was going to be kept out of their issue rather than just sending money directly to like web chats and whatnot or whatever else Tencent has their hands in over here. But mm-hmm. so it's just something they're doing to try to get back into the market in the, in India, I believe. Gotcha. 
Let's see. So, um, without getting too political again, uh, Colin Kaepernick <laughs> returns to Madden for the first time since 2016. So, there's just there's only like two like really over the top things that really make no sense at all that are just completely based in politics here. Um, honestly, he should probably never have been removed from the game to begin with. He was technically a free agent. You have plenty of free agents in the game. So he should have just been in the game. But there are actual different in-game messages when you go to sign him to your team as opposed to another free agent player. So if you go to sign any player generally, typically in the game, it'll say, are you sure you want to sign, I don't know, Joe Smith to a contract? Uh, yes or no. Um, when you sign Colin Kaepernick, it says, congratulations, you signed Colin Kaepernick to your team. So I thought that was just really kind of over the top and dumb. Definitely kind of pushing it there. But the big thing was that in his return to the game, gave him an overall rating of 81, which is really high for a QB, which puts him higher than 21 other starting quarterbacks in the NFL on teams that, you know, starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And this is a man who hasn't played for five-ish years who lost his job to Blaine fucking Gabbert in San Francisco. <laughs> um, and his rating when he exited the game last time was 74. So there's a lot like it's fine him being in the game. I don't I don't care, but it's just going over the top with some weird message they're trying to force. Yeah. Yeah. It's just trying to kind of showing that they don't like they're, they they make this huge thing about the integrity of how they rate players on their performance. They have people who go to every game and drop down all of their stats and how they performed individually on each play. And then they rate Colin Kaepernick higher than, you know, most of the other starting quarterbacks in the league, let alone the highest free agent possible in the game. Yeah. Hmm. So it's, it's fine that he's in it. Um, mm-hmm. He's definitely a serviceable, serviceable quarterback in the NFL. It was at a time. I don't know if he is anymore because yeah, he didn't play in it for a while. He should have still been a. He should have still been on the roster, but putting him in at such a high rating and giving him special, special, you know, signing messages is just really, really over the top. Oh, and it's pandering. It is definitely pandering. So. Um, it's just, it's just one of those things. I think the Madden franchise has definitely been struggling over the last few years with any sort of new additions. Mm-hmm. It's always gotten worse. They started adding in-game advertisements and stuff, which is something I'll get to later on with uh, um, what happened in EA sports UFC four. Um, and it's just like a last ditch effort thinking that this will try to pull in more players. Mm-hmm. When honestly, you as history has shown recently over the last few years, the sort of thing just makes you lose profit. So it's, yeah. I mean, it's their guns. If they want to stick to it and they think it's right to stick to it, that's on them, but it's definitely just sort of poor pandering. Yeah. All right. So it looks like the next thing on our list is the Xbox game pass will get EA play at no extra cost. Uh, yeah. So, EA Play is their subscription. You pay for this, you get access to all our games. Um, mm. I guess they struck a deal with Microsoft where it's included in their their Xbox Game Pass. So I guess I have EA Play here soon. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So what is this? Um, it gives you access to their full first party games library. So that's 60s worth of games. Um, and then you also get like a, a whole bunch of 10 hour trials. Is SSX tricky one of them? I don't know. Uh, BMF's, BMX XXX is not one, though, so it's kind of sad. Oh, uh, I remember that game. Ah, yeah. uh, boobies. <laughs> <laughs> the best cheat codes. <laughs> uh, maybe it is. I don't know. That was an EA game, wasn't it? I think it was. It was. Yeah. But yeah, so their newer games, you don't always get access to right away. You get like 10-hour trials, so I guess if you want to go play it, with Colin Kaepernick and Madden NFL 21, you can get a 10 hour trial of it. So there you go. Um, it is just kind of neat that it is def that it is included into a different company's game pass. Mm-hmm. Um, the game pass cost did not go up at all. Yeah. So yet. Yet. So that's still 1499 on Xbox. Um, the 499 PC variant is going up to 999 which is still cheaper than the Xbox version for all the same games, but whatever. I think I'm going to grab that up one of these days. You should. It's definitely worth it. So some updates on Apple's fight with Fortnite. In the form of Apple filing a claim seeking damages for lost profits. Yeah, so Epic was continuing to be pissy with Apple over there attempted bait and switch payment system hey look at us we're really the good guys as we try to sneak behind the (laughs) scenes and get special deals over everyone else while claiming to fight for everyone else's rights Mm. so they're now being countersued by apple over alleged loss losses of income and so this is um basically targeted around anything that was purchased with epic's separate purchasing system while it was still on the ios platform uh, no news from Google on their retaliation yet, but I'm sure they're just going to wait till this is all over. They don't have any money in stake right now, yeah. so we'll just wait. I think it's just, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I I am an outspoken like I do not like Apple products. I never have. I you know I'm trained on Microsoft. I've just I've never liked Apple. I never have anything good to say about them. And even I'm like, okay, you guys are being shitty as far as you know <laughs> Epic Games goes. I'm just. Like I don't like I I hate Apple as much as the next guy, but like this this is objectively just fucked up. So yeah, and like I said, I have my gripes with both Apple and Google, but they are absolutely in the right booting them off. Yeah, um, and this goes along the lines of people can no longer sign into their Epic accounts with their Apple IDs. So it's uh, Epic still doesn't have access to their um, iOS developer account, while other companies using the Epic uh, Unreal Engine still do because they're not the ones being shitters trying to write their own terms of service around the ones they agree to. Mm. So this is the first, also the first big retaliation from Apple because it seemed like every, so far they had been completely like lenient with how they were reacting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it was always just like, come on, undo this and you're welcome back here. And it seems like <laughs> they decided on it, whatever. Well, here you go. Yeah. I'll have a counter suit right back. <laughs> yep. So it looks like, Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just, Kind of the whole situation is ridiculous. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you kept up on it at all? Only through your podcast. Ah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a. Yeah. It goes along well with fuck China. It's fuck epic. Yeah. 
And it looks like uh, Nintendo is apparently telling developers to get ready to make 4K-ready games. This is pretty exciting. Yeah, so this makes you think that there's going to be some new form of Switch coming in the future, probably uh, definitely next year, um, unless they're going to the Switch 2. Now, it seems to be just like a... Uh, an upgrade of how like the PlayStation 4 got a pro or the PS3 got a pro or the same with the Xbox series of consoles. Um, it's just going to be like a Switch Pro. Well, yeah, so. or or closer uh, comparison might be like the 2DS to the 3DS. Well, the 3DS went to a 2DS. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, the 3DS to 3DS, and then they split off the 2DS and then the 2D. Yeah, so the 3DS was the first thing. Oh, then you got weird. the 3DS XL, and then you got the 2DS, and then you got the oh, 2D. Oh, fuck. Oh, no, okay. That's what I was thinking. The three, I was thinking 3DX to 3DX XL. XL. Yes. That's so what I was thinking. Kind of, okay. Yeah, it's just kind of like an upgrade. Um, so, cool. Uh, I mean, you're going to need to get an entire new dock, a new system, I'm sure. But, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the Switch isn't necessarily a new console right now. As mm-hmm. far as consoles go, it's a fairly cheap console, so. Yeah. I know kind of interesting. Why? For the Witcher 3 upgrade. Hmm. Oh, God, the Witcher 3 looks like ass on the Switch, but my God, does it fucking run perfectly. Does it? <laughs> That's I, more I, important I, to me. I was, I was at one point thinking of getting it for Switch, um, but I was, I was worried that it wouldn't be able to run the game very well. <laughs> nah, it's optimized great. It just looks like ass. <laughs> I'll, I'll take functionality over graphics. Yeah. I mean, you got the full game experience there. Yeah. Yep. As long as the uh, the menus are readable. My eyesight's shit anyways. I can barely tell the difference sometimes. I mean, if they ever do, like, updates and upgrades for games, I'll probably get, like, an Astral Train upgrade because that's supposed to be a really, really good RPG on the Switch. Mm-hmm. So that'll be something for me to look forward to, at least. So, yeah. yeah. Um, functionally, it, it's what you got to do to keep in the market right now because people do like their graphical graphical fidelity and even if even if the game is older and doesn't have the best top-notch graphics if it's stylized enough it will look better in 4k like that that's true so no more heroes 3 is going to be delayed until 2021 yep so that was supposed to be coming out here at the end of the year um it's uh one of the big games by suda 51 of grasshopper manufacturer um, starring Travis Touchdown, the most American protagonist ever. Uh, other good news involving it, though, um, is that they've gotten on the boys comic book illustrator, Derek Robertson, to do some illustrations for the game itself. Hmm. What this means, who knows? It could be like an outs- outside comic that deals with different in-game events. It could be like in-game stuff. Um, but uh, Guichi Suda uh pseudo 51 himself he did state that it was due to to the pandemic currently going on which has created difficulties mm-hmm. in the production of the game so if anyone was looking forward to that uh, i know i was it has been delayed until next year though there are some mm-hmm. extra illustration things going on with it now damn you redacted virus same virus of the cold strain the common cold 
So Yakuza Like a Dragon launches November 10th on Xbox Series X, which is so the I same as the release really date. Hope, I really hope that this is uh, on the Game Pass because I've been fucking waiting to play it for so long. I love the Yakuza games. I recommend everyone play them. I do um, have one um, for, that I got for free from PS Plus. I didn't know that much about it, though. It's a it's an RPG. You run around bashing people's faces in as a member of the Yakuza. Really over the top, like game cop storylines. Mm. And then you can take a break and go play DDR or sing karaoke or work on a bar or just go on dates. It's a very Japanese game. <laughs> I'll need I've to, heard a lot of good things about it. I'll need to move that from my miscellaneous list to my backlog list. Yeah. And so this is the first time that there's been any sort of release date in the West for it. Like we've all known it was coming West, but this is the first time Sega actually announced a hard date. And that's for the Xbox series X mm-hmm. on their supposed uh, series S or X. Yeah. Um, and this is directly after the announcement that it'll be available on November 10th for both platforms. Yeah. Otherwise um, Xbox one PS4 windows 10 and PlayStation five will still need to wait for more release information coming up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, that game is on the way. Nice as well as scott pilgrim versus the world the game complete edition fantastic was, i think until streets of rage 4 it was the best brawler out in the market and that's not just saying all the other ones were shit scott the uh, scott pilgrim the game versus the world the game was fantastic um i recommend everyone get this if nice. it follows the the comic as well as it can you know being a video game but yeah definitely worth it it's a it's nice. a side scroll brawler um, the complete edition, so all of that will be in there. Um, and for a while, it was actually removed from all digital storefronts, which was a, a shame. Mm-hmm. But this might be the answer. Um, it will include the full game and both the Knives, Chow, and Wallace Wells DLC and be available for $14.99 on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia, and PC. And will also have co-op, nice. online co-op, so, as well as the couch co-op that previously had. Yeah. And speaking of Streets of Rage 4, there's been a balancing patch, and Doc is going to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it is a huge patch. 80-plus uh, changes, a lot of uh, a lot of buffs went out to different characters. Uh, Axel from uh, the main cast can move faster and has better recovery, which is quite a big deal because he was pretty garbage before. Um They've uh, they've removed a bunch of the infinites that people could do, so a lot of a lot of that's no longer possible. So the uh, people using that to get the high scores won't be able to do that. But mm-hmm. they've they've buffed a lot of the other ways you're you would normally go about the game, so characters can jump, cancel new things, uh, attacks have faster startup, uh, some moves now have full invulnerability. Um, it's a lot of really good stuff. I was playing it with my buddy a couple days ago, right after it launched, and it was it was noticeably a lot more fun to get through the harder stages. Mm-hmm. Nice. We'll have to make sure we'll make sure to post on our Facebook page um, a list of all of them for anyone who wants to go and read up on them too. Yeah, um, it'll probably have me jump back into it. I just remember beating it and then not touching it again because I just played it straight for so, 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 so long. Yeah, that's how I am too. I'm, I'm manic when it comes to games. So I just jump from one to the other and yeah. <laughs> it's a great game. 
think I'm on my third full playthrough of it now. Nice. And I've been, I've been doing it co-op with with my buddy the whole, the whole time. It is it is just great. Solid. <laughs> so it looks like the last thing on here is our uh, EA Sports UFC four advertisement discussion that you mentioned earlier. <laughs> yeah. So um, EA, you know, isn't known to be the best when it comes to microtransactions or anything like that. (laughs) They snuck in-game unskippable ads into UFC 4. Holy um, shit. Yeah, so just straight up Right? Who's shocked? Um, And after, and I quote, abundantly clear feedback from players, they have have removed them as of now. So (laughs) since it's launched, so since two weeks after its launch until a couple days ago, People were subjected to these unskippable ads in a game that they purchased. So, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> wow! And it's not like your normal, typical product placement stuff. Fucking like EA. here's a brand of stuff. It's, it was just straight up video ads that popped up on your screen. You couldn't do anything about. <laughs> oh my god! I've been so mad. Come on! Uh, right. <laughs> you're playing this game for two weeks. You've been loving it. It's great. And then all of a sudden, you load up a match, and boom! Advertisement. I've like, never seen this before. What is this? This is what you pay to remove in free-to-play games. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, like, it's understandable there. And a like, $60 title you purchase, not at all. No. Oh, God. They just fumble after fumble after fumble. But... And they keep thinking we'll buy it. Yeah. So um, let's then move on to the games we've been playing in the last week. And why don't you start us off, Sasquatch? Uh, so I continue to play Fantasy Star Online 2. Um, it has eaten my life up. They just released a whole <laughs> bunch of new content for episode four, uh, new bosses, and it's actually starting to get to the point in the game where our gear is not outscaling enemies. So there's actual like mechanics you need to learn, DPS checks here or there. Nice. Um, I also last week just finished the new world preview, Amazon's games, yeah, yeah. uh, action MMO thing. Um, there's definitely some work they need to do in it. Uh, there needs to be more PVE content because as I was talking, as it came up when I was talking to a couple of my friends from work, um, the ones I play D and D with, uh, the ones where who, from who through, I got my wonderful leather dungeon, uh, dungeons and dragons dice egg, which I believe you also got one too, doc. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you, ordered that, you ordered that remote. Um, he said that since he works swing shift, uh, he wasn't able to participate in any sort of PVP, which is the huge draw of that game is the mm. big company battles between, you know, 50 on 50, 50 people from one company versus 50 on the other battling to take over different territory. He couldn't participate in that because of how you set up times and is randomly picked when these fights happen. Yeah. So they just definitely do need more PVE stuff. They do need some weapon balancing, the inclusion of more than, you know, three melee weapons and whatnot would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see that stuff that they add to it as it goes on. Um, other than that, um, bug wise, the game was pretty, pretty flawless. Uh, the game looks great. The sound design of the game is absolutely fantastic. Um, how you go about gathering resources and stuff looks great. You, you literally fell trees. So that was cool. Um, and that's kind of like a post alpha pre beta. It definitely seemed to fit in there. So hopefully they do have a lot more stuff coming because they did push the game back, hoping to put more stuff into the game for players to do. So nice. They are listening to player feedback. That's good. Uh, I also 
purchased and played through Marvel's Avengers, which is their co-op, uh, up to four player co-op beat em up game where you play as Avengers, uh, Black, you know, the main core, the main core cast, Black Widow, the Incredible Hulk, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man. And then they have the inclusion of uh, Ms. Marvel, uh, Kamala Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they threw her in as the new fictional event of a day or Avengers day happens and she gains her powers and becomes Ms. Marvel. Um, the single player campaign is actually pretty, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Ms. Marvel's a fantastic lead they have for it. It's just like this girl who's fangirling over meeting the Avengers as her literal life is falling down around her mm-hmm. and being destroyed as she's being hunted down by an evil corporation for her superpowers. And she has to reassemble the Avengers and put them back together to get them to fight the said corporation. So, the first, the single player campaign is like the intro to the main multiplayer portion of the game called Avengers Reassemble. And then the post game is called Avengers Initiative. And hmm. um, I would attribute it to kind of like, I don't know, Warframe or Fantasy Star or even Destiny in some way where you have a hub and then you go out to different missions and fight enemies in different dungeons, essentially. Yeah. Cool. And yeah. I also started, I have one more game. I just started playing the beta for Crowfall, which is another crafting survival MMO like uh, New World. Um, it's one I've been watching for like seven years and I finally <laughs> got the beta for it. So nice. I will have more on that later after I've played more than like, I don't know, three hours. Yeah. <laughs> but you definitely recommend Avengers? Yeah. If you just, if you want to play through and feel like superheroes, it's really, yeah. really fun. Um, it's, on my, uh, it's on my Black Friday list, so yeah, uh, I would definitely recommend it. Nice. Um, hopefully, they add more stuff to the Avengers Initiative stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, they are adding a whole bunch of free characters and whatnot. Sure, sure. The only character that most people won't have access to unless you're on a PS4 is Spider Man, but <laughs> that's it. Sorry. Black Widow so far is the best character, it's just so much fun shooting people hmm. and then kicking them and then blowing them up with grenades. <laughs> I do enjoy all of those mm. things. Yeah, you play Destiny. You do like shooting people, some cases stabbing them, and then throwing grenades. <laughs> yep. So what have you been playing this week, Doc? Uh, I have finished my complete playthrough of Horizon Zero Dawn for PC. Nice. Um, I put two and a half weeks into it without playing really anything else. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Um <laughs> I miss having friends sometimes, but <laughs> man, Horizon Zero Dawn, great experience. Like, I'm blown away. I'm working on a new game plus now, up the difficulty a bunch. Hmm. Um, so other than that, the pretty much the only thing I've played is uh, Guilty Gear Exard. Uh, participated in a tournament last week, and just been practicing pubs with some buddies it's also the only thing my twitch channel ever gets viewers for so mm-hmm. that's kind of nice <laughs> nice yeah, you just gotta get really really good at it i'm getting there i'm still a beginner <laughs> the only th- i haven't really been playing much either I, I i've been doing final fantasy 14 same as i have been since last week i've been kind of slowly chugging my way through the main story um it's just been a fucking crazy work week so i haven't been able i haven't had a lot of free time but so that's all i've really been doing is the final fantasy 14 stuff and still just plugging along um and i'm hoping that in the next podcast or two i'll have caught up to the main scenario and we could start talking about 
theories on where the next expansion is going. So I should get back into Final Fantasy XIV. You I thought definitely it was really should. Cool. I, I started playing it right when it first relaunched mm-hmm. as a Realm Reborn, and I was having a lot of fun with it. And none of the people who said they were going to play played. So I had no one to play with, and it was kind of boring by myself. Honestly, like at this mo- moment, there's a ton of single player stuff you can essentially run through and do. Oh, yeah. And I have to say, um, Shadowbringers is probably, it's easily the best story in any MMO ever. Um, it's, I think, as it stands, the highest rated MMO expansion, which is above Burning Crusade, which Burning Crusade held that for a long time because Burning Crusade was fantastic. You know that. I've tried and, to talk uh, about Burning Crusade for weeks. This is way better, miles and miles better than Burning Crusade. It is ridiculous how well polished and written the story is. It is fantastic. And I've said it many a time, even on this podcast, that it was a wasted story potential for a Final Fantasy game that they just wasted on an MMO expansion. Mm-hmm. That's how good it is. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Please remember to like and subscribe and check our individual channels as well. Those will all be listed in the description below, as well as channels for our guest star, Doc. So please make sure you check those out and tune in next week for our next podcast. Thank you, everyone, and have a great week. Johnny.